A Thai national has tested positive for COVID after returning to Thailand from Taiwan. This patient had been working at a factory in Taoyuan and he flew home on July 21st. His diagnosis has put Taiwan health officials on high alert amid concerns that the patient acquired the infection in Taiwan. Contact tracing is underway. The patient was working at a factory with more than 100 employees. Also on Monday, Taiwanese authorities reported four new COVID cases involving people who recently returned from the U.S., South Africa and the southern African country of Lesotho. The executive yuan is now pushing for a third round of spending to deal with the coronavirus crisis. It's proposing 210 billion NT in spending on industry bailouts, vaccine development, and other COVID relief. The KMT's legislative caucus held a press conference on Monday, blasting the bill as a waste of taxpayer dollars. KMT lawmakers said that the two earlier rounds of spending were poorly executed, with spending that far exceeded their original budgets. KMT lawmakers held a press conference to blast the cabinet's 210 billion NT stimulus proposal. Lawmakers said that 123.5 billion NT was for shoring up planning deficiencies. Initially, they said half the people would choose digital triple stimulus vouchers and that processing would cost 900 million NT. They said it would be half the cost of Ma Ying-jeou's vouchers. Now it's the end of July, and the executive yuan has walked it back big time. Now they say the program will cost 2.2 billion NT. Opposition parties and the KMT had a systematic approach, but they were unwilling to adopt it. That's why the budget forecast ended up missing the mark. The KMT said that in the cabinet's latest stimulus proposal, the most frequently used sentence was, the previous budget was insufficient. They said the proposal should have reported on the implementation of previous stimulus programs. You'd think that they'd run out of budget only if their implementation rate were 100%, right? Only after you have the results of the budget implementation, its implementation rate and its impact can we get started on reviewing a third stimulus package. The third stimulus package is aimed at helping people overcome difficulties. That's the principle the executive yuan is using to make its judgments. That's the way it should be done. A DPP lawmaker responded to the KMT's offensive. Meanwhile, in Nantou, Premier Su Zhenchang hit back at accusations that he was wasting money. Taiwan is a safe haven amid the chaos in the world. The EU's stimulus package is 60 trillion NT. In the U.S., it surpassed 30 trillion NT. Japan's is 8.8 trillion NT. So we'll continue ahead with Taiwan's third stimulus package with the approval of the legislative yuan. All the money will be well spent. Su stressed that the previous rounds of stimulus had helped 12 million people keep their jobs during the pandemic. The Premier said the third package would target those who most needed it, adding that revitalizing the economy was not a waste of public funds. Less than 20 days out from Kaohsiung's by-election, the contest for mayor is livelier than ever. KMT candidate Jing Li, who is fresh off a plagiarism scandal, was chased with questions on Monday about an off-color remark her mother-in-law made in a stump speech. Meanwhile, DPP candidate Chen Ximai's travels has landed him in Meinong, an electorate he lost two years ago when running for the same office. This time, the candidate has set his sights on earning at least 11,000 votes to win the pivotal district. It's the launch of the Chen Ximai Booster Club in Meinong District. 
Chen chants with his supporters flanked by lawmaker Chiu Yiying and former Kaohsiung County Commissioner Yu Zhengxian. I want to especially thank those who didn't vote for me last time for giving me the opportunity to really do some self-reflection and to improve. In Kaohsiung's mayoral election two years ago, Chen had lost the main constituency. He's keen for a comeback, and he set certain expectations for himself. So let's go with her election results. That's 11,000 votes, plus one. That's the lowest number of votes I want to win. The Chiu Yiying threshold. As for President Tsai, she won 13,000 votes in this district. So take 13,000 and subtract one, and that's my highest bar. Two days ago, Premier Su Zhenchang was warming Chen's campaign trail in southern Taiwan. Su threw his full weight behind the DPP candidate, vowing to invest 400 billion NT in Kaohsiung infrastructure. New Taipei Mayor Ho Youyi publicly exclaimed at the pledge, saying that he was, quote, so envious. Chen responded to the mayor on Monday. In Taipei and New Taipei, the metro routes run like this, one after the other in a neat file. Kaohsiung's route network is still very inadequate. This has to do with Kaohsiung serving as an industrial hub in the past. At the time, KMT government favored the north at the expense of the south. Ramping up investment in the south is an imperative for balanced regional development. Over in the KMT camp, Lee visited Sanfeng Temple early in the morning to pray. She expressed a staunch support for her mother-in-law who made headlines the day before. Her mother-in-law had said if she were lying about Lee's suitability for mayor, her breasts would become smaller. My mother-in-law is very humorous. I love her for that. She is a native of Kaohsiung. Kaohsiung locals are quite down-to-earth. They aren't phony, and for that I love her. My mother-in-law is not a public figure, nor is she a political figure. I feel that she was just being her natural self, her true self. I graduated from medical school and have never heard such a thing as what she said. I think that the election should focus on policy. The parties involved should take special care to the words they say. Chen remarked wryly that based on his medical expertise, he did not believe that chess became smaller with lying. He called on his rival to get back to the brass tacks of municipal policy. A new program lets small businesses get back loans by using their intellectual property as security. It's a program backed by the Industrial Technology Research Institute, the Small and Medium Enterprise Credit Guarantee Fund of Taiwan and 26 major banks. Under the scheme, smaller companies can get a monetary value assigned to their IP and technologies, allowing them to access to growth financing. The press conference was attended by finance executives, including the CEOs of Megabank and Taiwan Business Bank. Eatree has teamed up with major banks and the government's SME Credit Guarantee Fund to launch a financing program. Through the program, SMEs and startups can secure bank loans using intellectual property as collateral. Eatree appraises the technology. The SME Credit Guarantee Fund acts as the guarantor. The banks provide the money that helps drive innovation in R&D. If the company has 100 million NT in intellectual property rights, the SME Credit Guarantee Fund can guarantee up to 80% of the loan. The government is providing guarantee support for bank loan financing. Eatree, the SME Credit Guarantee Fund, and major banks have joined forces to support the growth of Taiwanese companies. Businesses 
services can apply easily through eTree's hotline. Startups, as well as businesses in the 5 plus 2 innovative industries, can get financing guarantees of up to 220 million NT. Up to 26 banks are authorized to grant the loans. Besides appraising IP, eTree is offering a catalog of some 17,000 patents for companies to take advantage of. This tripartite corporation is pioneering. Nothing like this has ever been seen before. Of course, from the standpoint of the bank, we want to obtain some high-quality customers, those that have a technical foundation. The program seeks to deliver capital to where it's needed in the tech sector. It hopes to spark industrial upgrading that furthers market expansion in the post-coronavirus world. With sedentary lifestyles and computer usage increasing, neck and shoulder pain are becoming huge issues for Taiwan. In one year, over one million patients received physiotherapy for such complaints, costing the national health insurance system 4.7 billion in tea annually. But a recent paper has suggested that common treatments such as electrotherapy and heat therapy may not be as effective as some believe. Let's find out what Taiwan's top physiotherapists think about the matter. This lady has electrodes placed on her shoulder and elbow to receive electrotherapy. It really helps, she says. It hurts when I lift my arm up, like when I need to hang up the laundry and I lift it up, my whole arm hurts. It hurts when I lift things up with some force, too. There's an obvious improvement. The pain gets less and less. Neck and shoulder pain are common complaints in Taiwan. In one year, the NHI spent 4.69 billion NT on physiotherapy treatments such as electrotherapy, heat therapy, and traction. But a recent medical paper published abroad claims that electrotherapy and heat treatments have no clinical effect. It's raised uproar among patients, but Dr. Xieling Fen, head of physiatry at Xinkong Hospital, says there's no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. They're normally part of a treatment plan. We can't say they are completely ineffective, nor can we say you should rely entirely on them. Of course, there are some conditions, such as chronic pain, where perhaps there's no perfect solution or the treatments have more serious side effects. In that case, electrotherapy or heat therapy can be useful to go together with the main therapy. He explains that in the paper, the therapies are deemed ineffective for specific conditions and not across the board. Doctors prescribe a course of physical therapy according to the patient's unique condition. Electrotherapy or heat can be a part of that and mainly serve as a complementary way to relieve pain or other symptoms through improving circulation and helping the muscles relax. We use electrotherapy for patients whose cervical or lumbar vertebrae have degenerated or for shoulder conditions like frozen shoulder or an inflammation of the synovial bursa. With many of us spending too long sitting down or at computers, shoulder conditions are easy to pick up. The doctor recommends making sure to take frequent breaks, paying attention to your posture and regular stretching. The world's first cruise liner to resume operations arrived in Penghu on Monday with 926 passengers. It was the first stop of a four-day island-hopping itinerary that will later take travelers to Mazu before returning to Keelong. For weeks now, Penghu has been enjoying a tourism boom. The island's duty-free shops are packed tight, with queues for checkout reaching into the distance. The scenic attractions are swarming with travelers taking photos, and it's hard to get a table at many restaurants. 
Many small investors had a disheartening day on Monday, seeing their portfolios dip as most shares on the TIEX fell. Only TSMC bucked the trend for market corrections, growing to an all-time high of 424.5 NT a share and closing limit up. Analysts warned that although the silicon giant's gains led the market to overall growth, the health of many stocks is still unclear. Most are on the decline after recent gains, and investors should beware. Taiwan's top-performing stock, TSMC, amazed the market on Monday, shooting up to over 400 NT early in trading and closing limit up at a new all-time high of 424.5 NT. That pulled up the entire market, which grew overall by 2.31 percent to close at 12,588. The overall growth is largely due to TSMC. The other stocks have mostly dropped. Not many have grown. Small investors struggle to get excited about the gains, though, worrying about the lackluster rest of the market. The market grew by over 2%, but most stocks fell, in fact. More stocks fell than those that rose. Stocks that have gone up a lot in the recent period, including biotech and big stocks worth over 1,000 NT, many of them are now clearly in pullback or correction. Over-the-counter stocks have declined by about 0.5%, so the overall market index completely came down to the success of TSMC. TSMC's rival Intel has recently announced delays in its 7 nanometer production lines, outsourcing of parts manufacturing is on the table. That could mean new contracts for TSMC. Financial services giant Morgan Stanley has predicted the chipmaker's share price could rise to 530 NT. If the price-to-earnings ratio and next year's profits both grow, then yes, it could rise to over 500 NT. Small investors may be tempted to time the market, but analysts warn that it's a tricky time to judge stocks' fortunes. Even TSMC's latest record gains are not certain to stick around. All of us need light bulbs to illuminate our homes and workplaces. But have you ever wondered who checks those bulbs are fit for use? Many newer LED bulbs market themselves as energy-saving, but their real credentials vary enormously. And that's where the Bureau of Standards, Metrology and Inspection comes in. In the last six months, they've conducted painstaking tests on every LED bulb on sale in Taiwan, checking out exactly how they measure up to the standards. Dozens of light bulbs hang in rows. They're energy-saving LED lights, but how long do they really last? This experiment tests them until they run out. When a light goes out spontaneously, that means something's wrong. The longest-lived can survive a 6,000-hour test. One room can test up to 200 bulbs, or 500 over three rooms. All of Taiwan's energy-saving bulbs are being tested here one by one. In the bulb testing room, they test the bulbs on and off mechanisms. These screw-fit bulbs are turned on and off automatically hundreds of times to test the quality of their electrical circuits. This lab in Taoyuan belongs to the Economics Ministry's BSMI. Staff members remove the bulbs carefully, wearing gloves. After thousands of hours of light, the bulbs are at dangerously high temperatures. The law requires the bulbs to get 70% on the test. We're looking at the luminous flux and whether it deteriorates too fast. 
A new bulb model is first tested in this big integrating sphere, giving officials a quick first look at the performance of its light source. Next, it's sent to the testing room. It then gets sent back and forth for five rounds of different tests. If we haven't finished the test for one bulb in a month, it causes delays in the whole process. I have dreams about bulbs failing to come on, where I worry, is the bulb broken or is my equipment broken? The tests in the integrating sphere have to be conducted at a stable temperature between 24 and 25 degrees Celsius. The annual electric bill for the aircon plus the lights themselves comes to 6,000 NT. The team also conducts spot tests to ferret out defective bulbs. In general, we require them to exhibit at least one quarter of the standard lifespan. It has to come up to the standards in our test. If it doesn't reach the standard, we tell the company to withdraw and fix the model within a time limit. We also revoke the license. The BSMI and the Consumer Protection Committee completed an audit of LED light bulbs over the last six months. They found more than 30 percent of models failed the tests, either showing deficient colorings or lifespans less than a quarter of the standard. The newly opened Metro Circular Line in New Taipei has delighted many of the city's residents. But as it braves its first summer, the design of the stations has become under scrutiny. With half-open platforms but airtight roofs, the stations heat up fast in the summer sun becoming heat traps. A Metro Circular Line employee wheels a water-cooled fan out to the platform seating area. After she adds water and turns it on, a miracle unfolds. As soon as travellers come down the escalator, they get a hit of the cool air and are drawn in like moths to a chilly flame. I think it's quite cool sitting here. It makes the area the coolest place in the station, with travellers filling the seats and standing around nearby. Out of rush hour, trains are spaced eight minutes apart, and they want to maximise their time by the fan. The circular line stations have full roofs, with lots of glass keeping the air trapped, while the platforms are semi-open. That means the sunlight shines straight into the space and heats up the air like an oven. Passengers' clothes are drenched in sweat and hand fans are waving furiously. But the water-cooled fans are for now just being trialled in six of the hottest and busiest stations. As the record hot summer continues to simmer, one fan may not seem like enough. Passengers hope Metro authorities will pull out all the stops to make the circular line fit for human usage. Taipei Zoo's baby panda turned one month old on Monday. Zookeepers say she's been growing faster than her sister. She's now 31.2 centimeters long and weighs just over 1,334 grams. But the baby panda is still without an official name. On Monday, Taipei Zoo put out a call for name suggestions from the public. Many of the names submitted on the first day were references to food and her mother's name. One suggestion was tangyuan, meaning glutinous rice balls. Another was fenyuan, meaning tapioca pearls. Submissions close on August 7th. Later that month, the public will vote on a short list to decide what to call the new bundle of joy.